you know how the old saying goes, you know, there's his side, there's her side, and the truth lies somewhere in between. There's three sides to every, every story. story. Right. And so, you know, you got to hear her side, right? Because my perception is my perception. Her perception is absolutely her perception. And, you know, I guess for the listeners, they can kind of draw their own conclusions once I fact check some shit. Like, listening to that, I was stunned by how incredibly self-aware she was during that interview and how candid she was in that interview and, you know, how honest she was about the part she played in the dissolution of us, right? Single dad, why you mad? Single dad, why you mad? Single dad, why are you mad? Single dad, why 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 you mad? Yo, what's up, man? How you feeling? <sighs> you want a real answer to that question? Yeah. Yeah, oh, man, you know, I... I think I feel like most black people in America, man. Like, I, I feel tired. I feel frustrated. I feel angry. Part of me feels hopeful, especially after what I, I'm just coming off of doing as I'm trying to connect with you. I, I feel hopeful, you know, but um, there's a whole lot of shit going on out in the world today, David. A whole lot of shit going on right now. Yes, there is. So can you hear me clearly? Yeah, I can. W- were you out on the balcony? Uh, yeah, I'm out on the balcony. Uh, so, um... We are recording, and I want to get to it because um, I've got something else right after this. What's her name? Absolutely not. Miles is in the room, getting ready for bed. I, you know, I'm working on a film project also, right? So uh, that's how I spend my time after he goes to sleep. I try to get as much done as I possibly can, and I try to get to bed by 2 a.m. that I'm up when he's up at 9, and then uh, get him, you know, fed and everything like that in order to get, you know, to work for my real job, you know, job that pays the bills. So uh, this is just a routine I have, and I just try to stick to it. So are you actually going into the uh, office still? No, no. No. But I never was if I went to the office uh, personally. I was always, you know, remote or on the road. Yeah, I might if I was in the office one day a week, that was, you know, a lot. And they saw me in there two days, they'd be like, oh, my goodness. What's going on? He's clearing out his desk. Yeah. So is it is it primarily uh, remote still? I mean, primarily like um, going to location, or are you doing everything? Well, well, I'm not authorized officially to go to no locations because you know yeah. we're supposed to be social distancing, and uh, I'm not an essential worker. So, so the world is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. And are you at liberty to talk about the project yet, or are you still you know it's still a work in progress? And so I wrote a full feature script. I wrote yeah. a full feature story. It's dramatic, and. Um, I'm doing it as an animated film, um, 3D animation with lifelike, realistic looking characters. Uh, it's a dramatic film. And I'm at the point right now where I'm doing the, uh, the actual animation for what I'm going to call an extended uh, trailer or extended promo. And I'm going to use that to market it. Um, and are you, are you doing the animation yourself? Yeah, that's not a big deal. It, it's, the software out here, you get, it's not a big deal. Oh, dude, that's kind of cool. Like, I, I had an inkling because we talked about it a little bit off the air, but it's, I think it's nice for the audience to hear about like some of your outside projects and your outside endeavors, especially when you're like, oh, yeah, I got something going on after this, and the audience doesn't know, but we're recording at like 10 o'clock at night. So like, what you got going on, son? <laughs> I, I, I can hope to live vicariously through you. That's all I'm saying. All right. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, with the time that we do have, right? You know, we've got some uh, interesting things to talk about, right? Lord Jesus. So, everybody has heard and listened to our special guest over the last two weeks, right? Right. Which has been your ex-wife. Right. Right? Um, And our special guest, meaning, or my special guest, because you didn't join on those episodes, uh, and uh, I don't know, were you aware that we were recording? I was not aware that you were recording, um, giving, giving some background. So we joked about it on the po- Well, we had talked about it on the podcast and offline about having our, our exes on. And we joked about it when she started following the, the page. And you were like, oh, shit, who that? And then realized that, you know, that was my ex-wife. Um, but I wasn't aware when you initially contacted her and you, you 
you brought it to the surface during an episode. You said, hey, listen, just so it doesn't seem like an ambush, I'm reaching out to her, or I've reached out to her. We're beginning to have conversations. We're going to record. But we're going to record without you being there. And that was kind of the last I heard of it until you, you hit me with a text message like, hey, yo, I'm about to post this episode with your ex-wife. You might want to take a listen to it. So, like, I ended up listening, what, I think maybe two hours before we went live. You could have always said, don't post it. Dude, but that's not authentic. And I, I'll, I'll go into my impressions on the, the interview in a second. But listen, you guys recorded, you had a conversation, and that's kind of what I signed up for, right? So yes. I'm not going to tell you. signed up for it. Right. So I'm not going to be like, yo, son, don't, don't put that out there. That's bullshit. You know, it was what it was. Good for you. Good for you. Takes a big man. Good for mm. you. Or an idiot. One or two. Or an idiot. Yeah. Or yeah. an asshole like me. Right? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so um, the first episode we posted was a full length episode where we talked about, you know, um, what I think or all that she was willing to talk about from the day you guys met until yeah. the end. Right? Right. Yep. And then uh, the bonus clip was her talking about how you both have been petty when it comes to moving on. Right. So I'm going to reserve my you, comment. You disagree? You disagree that that's what it was about? I know what, I know this is what it was about, but I, I will reserve my, my interpretation of her statements as, as we go forward. <laughs> how about that? Oh, my goodness. And there has been a lot of interaction and feedback from a bunch of different people. So we're going to try to give the people all that we can um, in the time that we have today. Okay? Sounds like a and, plan. And if there's a need to circle back again, we will. All right? Yeah. Did you take notes? I, I did take notes. I, I took so, notes you, of... so, so I just want to be clear about what you're saying here. Yeah. While you were listening, you had a pen and paper out and you took notes or you went back again nah. and took notes? While I was listening, because I knew we were going to have a conversation about this, right? I knew that, okay, at some point, my perceptions are going to be questioned about, you know, you and I are going to have a question about it. It's going to be like, okay, what are your perceptions? How did you feel? Whatever. And so as I'm listening, I was taking notes and I'm rewinding. I'm like, mm, okay, let me take a note on that. Let me take a note on this and the third. So yeah, there were, there were a couple of things I took notes on. Um, particularly on the on the first episode, um, the second episode, I just, it was short. It was like the, the the bonus clip. It was like literally seven minutes, and I listened to that, and I was like, I don't need to take notes on that. We just gonna have a conversation on that. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So 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 off the top though, before we get into your notes or before we get into any specifics, how did you feel about the episode? Just off the top. You know, off the top. I thought it was a really good episode. I thought it was a powerful episode, man. Um, because you think about what we do, right? You and I get together every two weeks. Sometimes we get more together more than that, and we, re but we release episodes every two weeks. And for almost a year now, it's just been us sharing our perspectives. And occasionally we'll get guests on, and they'll share you know, their life stories. But whenever we talk about our exes, it's our perspectives of our exes, right? Even though we listen to other women come on and get their perspective, right. it's good to hear our co-parents' perspective. Right. And it's, it's, it's also good to hear somebody's perspective. Like, you know how the old saying goes, you know, there's his side, there's her side, and the truth lies somewhere in between. There's three sides to every, every story. Every story. Right. And so... You, know, you got to hear her side, right? Because my perception is my perception. Her perception is absolutely her perception. And, you know, I guess for the listeners, they can kind of draw their own conclusions once I fact check some shit. You know? <laughs> so um, I thought off the top that it was very healthy of her to talk about how she was immature at the time and how she was irrational and how she was not ready and how she was trying to fill a hole and how I thought it was very good to hear that sort of stuff from her and how I, that contributed to how the fuck y'all got 
absolutely. Like I, you know. But has she ever said that sort of stuff to you in person? I will say that it is rare that she says that and admits it. Um, like listening to that, I was stunned by how incredibly self-aware she was during that interview and how candid she was in that interview and you know how honest she was about the part she played in the dissolution of us right um because i think it's, it's a lot different it's a lot different when you are engaged in an adversarial or a combative situation with somebody especially when you got you got hood tendencies you're like i'm not backing down like i always tell her like Trinidadian saying is like, yo, why are you always wrong and strong? You know, you, you're wrong in the situation, but you gotta dig your heels in and keep combating and, and fighting that same point. Double and down. Doubling down on it all the time. Like in, in, a, in, in a situation, in an engagement, she will absolutely double down. To say that she has never exposed or expressed any of those things to me would be a lie. She absolutely has. We've absolutely had you know, candid and clear and cathartic conversations about our relationship and where we were and kind of, you know, what she's dealt with in her life that brought us to where we are and who I am and how that didn't necessarily gel with what she, what she needed or what she needs, you know? So, but to hear it on a and recording- that doesn't make you a bad person. And that doesn't make you a bad person. It right. just means that you know, you weren't right for me. I wasn't right for you in that moment at that time. Right. Absolutely. And, and, but to hear it on a recording, I was like, bravo, sister. Bravo. Like, she owned her shit. She absolutely owned her shit. And I, I, I was so proud, you know, as a ex-husband and, and as a friend to hear that. Good for you. All right. So let's talk about some of the notes you took. Right. <laughs> So some of the notes I, we took, or that I took, right? The first thing, where she was like, oh, he didn't tell me he loved me until we had our second kid. Okay, so now I'm going to stop right there. Hold on, hold yeah. on, I want to stop right there. Yeah, go ahead. So that is, if that's the first note you took, dude, that, okay, well, I used, I don't know, was, it, was that part of the promo? Was that part of the opening? Or no, that wasn't part of the opening. Was it part of the opening? I thought part of the opening was her saying she knew better. Having a kid, she having a kid. You. No, oh, the, having the pro, a kid didn't feel Having a kid wasn't going to change shit, right? Like, yeah. they, basically okay. having a kid, yeah. And he didn't love me. That, so I think that was the promo. I think that was part of the promo. Um, okay. I can't but remember. All I'm saying is that that was halfway in. So you didn't have anything up until halfway in? No, I, I, until halfway I, in, everything was I think, I, no, because I think she said that in the promo, and that's where it hit me. And I was like, oh, and that, okay. was, that was the first note okay. that I took. I was like, what? That's not true. That's, that's factually inaccurate. Um, because the first time I told her I loved her was shortly after our first daughter was born. And we were together in Prospect Park. And it was like the middle of the night and we we're in Prospect Park and I told her I loved her. Um, and I was very vocal about it from that point on. You know, and I was very vocal about the fact that I loved her. But it took me a while, like, because- It took nine months. Dude, it, it, took, took, it, nine it months. took more than nine months. Because when we first met- Well, what the, what the, so if I was her, if I yeah. was her, right? For all our female listeners, I'm going to put my female hat on for right now, right? If I was her, I'd put be the Beyonce wig person. on. Put the Beyonce wig on. You know what? And I can appreciate that. I can understand. I can understand. I can't say I can understand it because I wasn't in her skin and in her in, in her situation. I can absolutely appreciate. Did she say it to you? Did she say it to you? She said she loved me when we were first started seeing each other. And oh my goodness! And you didn't. And I'm not one, I, let me tell you something, I am definitely not one to say it just because somebody said it to right, me. Right, absolutely like, not. Oh my goodness, she said it in the beginning and you didn't say it for nine months later? No, like I said, more than nine months. I'm, 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 I'm owning my shit. It was more than nine months. And I will absolutely tell you that when we were seeing each other, it was, we, you know, she told the story about how we met and, you know, we met online and you know she came to see me or whatever 
And then it would be like she drove to New York, but I would take the bus up there to go see her. And so we were doing a long distance thing, and it was a sexual thing. So she was also what I believed at the time was very open and candid about seeing other people and doing her thing. Right? What I have learned about her personality since then is she could absolutely be in her house with absolutely nothing going on and would make up stories about hanging out with other dudes and doing other shit to try and get a reaction out of me. And I'm not a dude to, to, to have that reaction. So I'm like, okay, you're doing your thing. That's good. So if you come to me while you're doing your thing, like, yo, I'm in love with you. I love you. I'm like, yo, you play far too many games. I'm not businessing with you on that level. And, and I've said that to him. I said that to him. And it's funny because, like, I look at the way people operate on social media now, and the shit she was doing was a precursor to that. Like, girl, you know you at home. You know you ain't out of dinner. Why are you posting shit on your Instagram story that's videos from, like, six months ago? <laughs> you know? Because you're trying to get a reaction. And she, this was all the same game she was playing. But, you know, like, I wasn't the small-town dude she was used to fucking with that would go, oh, my God, no, you can't see anybody but me. I'm like, yo, I live in New York. I'm good. Like, I would tell her, I'm like, yo, you were, you were in love with the idea of me. Like, I'm a cool dude, and I don't give you any hassle, you know, and I'm interesting to talk to. So, yeah, but you're not in love with me because you got so much other shit going on. Handle that. You're good. But, yeah, like, when I, when I came to the, the point where I was like, yo, I'm in love with this girl, and I'm not a dude, like I can, I can, I'm not a dude who falls in love very easily. So I can probably count on one hand, like how many women I've been in love with in my life. But yeah, to say your that mom I is one of them. And your mom is one. And my mom is one of them. Exactly. My mom is one of them. I got three sisters. <laughs> you know? So there's one finger left. You got one finger left. <laughs> so my kids are vying for that right now. So, but that said, like, you know, jokes aside, like for her to say, like, oh, he didn't tell me until we were in a hospital when our second kid was born. So that means, by her recollection, we dated, lived in New York together for a year. Well, we, we were seeing each other for roughly a year until the kid was born. Lived in New York for about a year. Moved to Connecticut. And, and lived together there for, because we were in Connecticut for about three years before we got married. She got pregnant, had our kid the following year. So roughly six years of us being together, getting married, and having a kid, and I didn't tell her I loved her until then, factually inaccurate. So I will admit, right, that... Um I am not the kind of guy that's going to say, I love you. I love you. I love you a hundred times. I'm more of an action kind of guy. I'm more right. of a, I'll show you how much I care for you. I'm going to show you versus tell you, right? I'm not really big on words from me. Right. If you're big on words and, and words mean a lot to you, that's okay. You know, but that's not how I operate. So yeah, I get it about not saying it often, but uh, you know, yeah, you know, it, it, nine months I, is a long time. Shit, uh, six somebody's pregnant. Six years supposedly is a very long time, right? Oh, but I'm no, 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 no. I'm yeah. gonna discount that and say you didn't tell her in Prospect Park. I'm mm -hmm. still gonna say nine months is a long time. Um, Listen, I I have absolutely hung out with, spent time with women, and for more than nine months and. I love you has never entered the picture. Well, I love you too, but those are purely you. physical. But those are purely physical. And I'm saying for the first quite a few months of our situation, it was purely physical. All right. Okay. It was purely physical. Your the next note. Next note was the engagement story. So oh, you put the ring in the fucking garbage. What the fuck is right. the matter with you? Yo, <laughs> I, and, and actually, before I touch on that, I wanted to say something about like saying I love you versus like doing things for somebody or giving gifts and so forth. And that's a conversation we may or may not have had on this, on this show 
but I've had a lot offline and like, you know, shout out to single black motherhood. Like I've had it on Kim's show about the idea of love languages, right? And the fact that like women expect men to know what love language they speak. And if he is providing love in a language that he's accustomed to, you completely discount the idea of him loving you because it's not in the language that you are willing to receive. And so I think that is that as we go on, you'll see it was one of the huge problems between me and Nina. Um, but the ring story. So I got the ring. I, I had been planning to ask her to marry me. My mom went through her jeweler and got the ring for me. And the initial plan was I was going, it was at my daughter's third birthday. My oldest daughter's third birthday. So all of my family was there. Her family and friends were there. We were hosting in our apartment in Hartford. The idea was that I was going to have my daughter take the ring, go up to her mother and say, Mommy, will you marry us? So my family arrives from New York. We're setting up for the party. And my mom gives me the ring. And during Nina telling the story, she's like, oh, yeah, you know, I, I went out and I got pizzas. We went out to get pizzas, and Nina was having a fit about some shit. Like, she was just screaming and yelling and carrying on. And I'm there with the ring in my pocket going, dude, like, what's wrong with you? Like, what, what are you so upset about? Like, you know, our families are here. We're having a good time. We're having this party. And she was just having, like, I think... In retrospect, and in knowing her now, I think it's the idea of the anxiety of being a good hostess and putting on a show and putting on airs for everybody who's around us was getting to her at the moment. And as the closest person to her, I was usually on the receiving end when things would get too hard for her or get frustrated for her. So she's screaming and yelling. I'm like, yo, I'm, I'm here holding boxes of pizza. Give me a break. So I'm walking in feeling like shit, right? Get home, we're, we set up, we're having the party. I'm like, yo, and I'm here now struggling. I'm like, yo, is this what I'm signing up for for the rest of my life? I'm here with the ring in my pocket, dude. And I'm like, you know what? I love her. We're going to sort this out. We're good. So party goes on, and I'm like trying to get my daughter to come over and get the ring so I could coach her through it. She is three, so now she's having a meltdown and she's tired and she wants no parts of anybody and she starts crying, right? So now we gotta try and like put her down for a nap or calm her and then everybody's like, oh, well, you know, party's over. I guess we're gonna leave and I'm like, fuck. So I'm in the kitchen and she's like, oh, can you take out the garbage? Because to this day, 20 years of knowing her, she don't put out her garbage. She will leave the shit there until I show up to pick up the kids or, you know, make the kids do it. So we're in our, in our apartment. I go in the kitchen to take the garbage out. And I'm like, fuck, what do I do? So I'm there and I look at the garbage can and I pull the ring out of my pocket. And my best friend is sitting there, my boy Stevie, he looks at me, he sees the ring on my hand, he sees me look at the garbage, and he goes, no, like shakes his head, no. And I go, fuck it. And I put the ring on top of the garbage, right? It's in the little ring box, I put it on top of the garbage. And I shout to I go, hey, yo, Melinda? Hey, get in here for a minute? As if like, I'm upset. And she's like, what, 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 what's up, what's wrong? I said, did you see this? And she goes, see what? I said, this, right here, did you see this? And she looks and she sees the ring. And she loses her shit. And she's like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Like, yeah, will you marry me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Boom. We're engaged. Right? So now she's there, happy as a clam, with her ring on her finger, you know, dancing around the house because now she's engaged. So you think. So so I think. Well, I've always known that there is an underlying tone of sadness to, to her existence period, right? Just, you know, just her, her, her perpetual state. But in the moment, she was happy. Um, 
And I had never heard a complaint about my engagement until she started getting reactions from her girlfriends. And it was, he put the ring in the garbage? Oh, my God. So some of them, you know, it's bad luck. That sets the tone for your marriage. Or, <laughs> you know, or, oh, my God, he put the ring in the garbage? So people who, and, and it's interesting because I, I get mixed reactions whenever I, I tell the story. People who know me are like, you know, that's, that's typical Clark. It was, you know, the unexpected, and it was funny, and it was something you did, you know, impromptu to make the best out of the situation that had gone left had gone left right and then you have people like you know the reality is for women they don't care how much a gift costs as long as there's suffering involved and they have a story they can tell right so it's not about oh you know how much you how much you pay for the ring is, is for shock effect and then and so forth but it's more so like i get to stand in front of my girlfriends and tell this story of this amazing engagement that I had and you know all the trouble he went through to get me this ring and all the trouble he, he went through to propose so I could be the princess of the moment. And I think in putting the ring in the garbage, while it for a dude, it's a funny and entertaining story and it's a witty story, for her, it robbed her of that ability to be the princess of the moment. Like weddings. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It, you know, and it, it goes back to the whole thing, you know, even arguably in our situation where a woman is more concerned about being that princess for a day versus the time, energy, and effort that goes into actually being married. Like, in the same, and I've said it a thousand times, in the same way that porn ruins intimate sexuality for men, romantic comedies at Disney ruin marriage for, and relationships for women. They set an unreal precedent of what happily ever after really looks like. Okay. Yeah. All right. Oh, let's what else? See. What else? What else? <laughs> let's, let's see. Cause I, I have a couple of notes here. Um, oh yeah. The second kid, we had the second kid after we got married. I touched on that. Um, cause I think it was implied that, you know, she just had my kids and then we got married at some point. And, you know, then after the second kid, I told her about it. Um, our, our schedules, because she always says like, she gets upset when I say I have my kids at least four nights a week and that we are flexible. Um, we are absolutely flexible. The flex for me happens sometimes when there's a work-related thing or sometimes if she's at home and she'll go, you know what, the girls want to stay here an extra day, so I'm going to keep them an extra day. That absolutely does happen, right? But the, the flex more often than not is me flexing to her schedule. Like for me, the only time I, I say like, you know, I can't take the kids or, you know, I need to shift something is work related. Like I, I don't like, like for her to make it seem like, oh yeah, you know, it's not really four days a week. I don't think that's accurate at all. You know, but we work together. So, you know, that's just more me taking a note and going, hmm, than me having a real beef with it, you know? So, just just so, so, the night that we recorded, yeah, she said that she had the kids that night on a night that you were supposed to have them because you was out hanging out. I was not out hanging out. I was at a work function, and that's and so this this goes into my next note, right, about being a CEO's wife because she she would say that I never said that to her, and I say it to her all the time. I'm like, yo, like not every woman is cut out to be a CEO's wife. Like, you want certain things you want the certain car you you know you want to live in a certain area and you want to be able to floss and, and and do certain shit but it takes certain kind of work and you know like she got on here she's like oh you know I, I was always supportive and she was she was supportive she was supportive i would not say that she was always supportive because i don't think she understood the difference between a dude who works a nine to five or a dude like who has a, a hustle and what I do in a corporate setting, right? So like I remember when I worked on Wall Street, before I met her, I worked 14 hour days. And I would always say to people like, 
in dating her, I was like, yo, this is my stress-free girl. Like, she don't give me no problems. She don't, like, granted, she was another state but at that point, right? But I'm like, she don't give me any problems. She doesn't worry about my work schedule. She's not telling me I work too much, blah, blah, blah. Like, this is what I'm trying to do. This is what I'm trying to build. You know, once we got together, we were raising a kid together, and, you know, we developed a relationship, and we got married, it would be, yo, I called you at, at 5 o'clock, and you didn't answer the phone. Where are you? I'm like, I'm still in the office. But the day is over. I still have shit to do here. Or even the idea of, oh, you know, opportunities coming up that would have taken me and made me have to travel more. Like, that was always in my head. Like, she doesn't do well with me being gone for protracted periods of time. Even if she would say, oh, go ahead, go do it. Like, if I'm on a if I'm on a business trip and she calls me and I don't answer the phone, it's like I called you. Why didn't you answer the phone? I'm in the middle of a meeting. And to this day, to this day, as her ex-husband, we still run into that. I called so, you. So let me challenge you a little bit, okay? Go ahead. Yeah. All right. So one of the things she said, and I want to circle back to it when I mentioned the uh, CEO's wife, is she said at the end, that was not our problem. And it, it, it reminded me, I remember on one episode, I think it was the deep dive with that one, yeah. where you said, you know, there was one point when I fucked up, right? Yeah. But I'm not that type of person anymore, right? Yeah. Could some of that be connected to trust? I would say no. And let's just be clear about what you say when you say you said you fucked up. You mean, yeah. you know, yeah. Yeah, you fucked I, with another girl. I fucked with another girl early. I cheated early on in our in our in our relationship. Okay, so I'm sorry. I'm going to interrupt. How yeah. do you cheat early on when it's just physical? Right. You know. Okay. So you say so. No. So no. No. Actually, you know what? Because we had had we had had a conversation about giving the relationship a shot while she was pregnant. We were like, you know what? You're going to be my girlfriend, and I agreed to that, and. I interacted with another woman. I had I cheated, and I fucked up. And and I and I own that. I, I've always owned that. That said, the in the need for attention thing, and that's where I was going with saying like even now, I'm not I'm not her husband. I haven't been her husband. We dissolved our relationship, and she asked for a divorce ten years ago. We've been legally divorced for eight years. Right? She will call me if I don't answer the phone. Expect my phone to ring again in five minutes. And what is she calling for? Any number of things. Give me an example. She is working on something for work and she wants my perspective. <laughs> or some dude that she's dating has done something stupid and she wants to, she wants to talk about it. Sometimes it's something kid related. Sometimes it may be a coworker who's getting on her nerves and she wants to talk about it, right? But she will call me. If I don't answer the phone, she'll call me again. If I don't answer the phone, she'll call me a third time. I'll get text messages. Hello, I'm calling you, right? And so I brought this up in front of our kids one day. And I said, girls, if you call me and I don't answer the phone, what does that mean? That probably means you're with a client or you're in a meeting or something. Right. And what do you do? Well, usually, and this is all three of them sitting in a room, usually we just send you a text message and say what it is we need because it might be easier for you to text us under the desk than it is for you to call us or answer the phone. These are all three of my daughters. This is a relationship with my ex-wife and the same behaviors that I've had to deal with the entire time I've known her, 20 years of knowing her, right? So there is a need for immediate, immediate attention that exists that I don't have the capacity to deliver in doing what I do and also now, as a single dude, I don't have the desire to do it. And that's one of the reasons I stay single now. I look at it and go, yo, like, you need a level of attention I cannot maintain for you. So for her to say that I never said that to her, I, I've, I've said it quite a few times over, over the past 20 years. And I think when you listen to what she said on, on the interview and her need for, like, what she, what she described as her need for attention or the kind of attention she wants, that's not indicative for the, 
for a successful relationship with somebody who does the kind of work that I do and who's as focused on the work that I do as so I do. So what do you think she meant by that was not our problem? You know, I think we have a lot of problems. I think we had a ton of problems, you know? I, I think that was one of, but for her, it's not a problem because her need for attention is her need for attention versus, you know, my need for support for what I do to take care of you and our family and what I continue to do to take care of our collective. You know, it's, it's, I, I've heard a thousand guys say it, you know, I hear it from guys who listen to our podcast, being a dad is a thankless job, you know, to a, to a certain degree, it's a thankless job, you know, and those were the moments where I really felt like, you know, I'm doing this shit and nobody appreciates what I do or what I go through to get it done. Any other notes? Uh, let's see. <laughs> Couple of things. Uh, the hot tub thing. <laughs> so we are not the only ones in the hot tub. It is usually at least like six people so hanging out. Getting in off, so you are not getting off that easy. You are not <laughs> I know, getting off. I know, I know you're gonna I know you were going for you this. You are not getting off that easy. Okay. Yeah. So go ahead. Ask Explain your question. Explain to me a night at the hot tub. Your neighbors call up and say, hey, we're going to be in the hot tub tonight. Right. You want to come down. And they call both of y'all down. They call you. You call her. They call her. She calls you. What? Usually what ends up happening is they will call. They will send a text message. And it will be either both of us on it or it will be me and she happens to be by with the kids. So it could be a, a number of combinations. But usually the message goes out to both of us. Like, oh, we're hot tubbing tonight. And so it'll be, you know, my neighbors who live around the corner, a handful of their friends, and it'll be like us. And it's, you know, it's basically hanging out at the house, you know, drinking, shooting the shit, catching up, but while in the hot tub. Wearing what? You're not going to be in a hot tub wearing a three-piece suit. So we're usually like in, swim, in swimsuits. We're always in swimsuits. Nobody's naked in the hot tub. And there's twerking going on. Usually when she's had something to drink and she decides to put her ass in my face, I'm like, yo, come on, cut it out. Stop. And you're like, come on, cut it out all the time? All the time. I'm like, yo, come on, stop. So, Clark, Clark. I, no, this, 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 is, this, is me, this is me being honest. Yo, I'm her, cut it out, stop. Because by that point, when the twerking starts, it's usually we're in a tub full of people she's had a couple of drinks i'm like yo just chill. there's yeah. two types of come on cut it out there's come on cut it out i'm not gonna put up with this and you keep it up and i get out and leave and then there's the come on stop you know how you you you're a teenager <laughs> you can go over your girlfriend's house y'all ain't even had sex yet she want to kiss and everything like that but she don't want it to go no further she's like come on stop stop hmm. Don't do. Is that what it is? No, it's not that. It is not that. It's me like yo. Come but on, it ain't chill. get up and it ain't get up and get out of the hot tub either. How about I get out and get out of the hot tub? Why should I have to give up my good time because you want to be acting up? Okay. <laughs> right. All right. Um, All right. Does the blood flow from the big head to the little head? <laughs> Listen, I'm human, dude. I'm human. So there is blood flow. There, there's blood flow. I mean, you're okay. in a hot tub too. Come on. Let's keep it. Right. Let's keep it 100. Um, okay. Let's see. Did, did you have any other questions on that or? No. All right. I got the picture. Pivoting to the bonus. Right. Content, right? Yep. So she had a boyfriend. Yep. And you were sending her dick pics. No. Dude, she said no. you were sending her dick pics. No. Absolutely not. No. No, 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 no. Put your hand up. Put your right hand up. No, I ain't sent her no dick pics. You didn't send no dick pics. I ain't sent no dick pics. Then chest pics. But no, nah, no. Text talking about how y'all used to get in the hot tub when nobody else was around. We were, we at that point we weren't even going to the hot tub because the neighbors didn't have the hot tub back then. So what did you send? So what she would what she would receive from me would be memes and jokes right and 
it would be me sending memes and jokes that were of sexual content, but it wouldn't be like, oh, hey, <laughs> and hold on, this is me. This is me setting context. It was not me sending memes and jokes, go uh, of sexual content. Going, oh yeah, I'm gonna send this shit to Nina right now. Yeah, but because but, of, but, hold but, on, but, listen, li- hold but, on, listen. No, no, no. Nah, no, hold on, hold it would on, be hold on, hold it, on, hold on. David. Hold on, it would literally be me going, oh shit, this is funny. Somebody sent it to me, yo, forward to like fifteen people, but, right? But, and then, and then the, the second she was like, oh my man, don't like that. All right, cool. I'm not gonna text you shit anymore. Cause so let's set the context for her relationship with this dude, right? Cause this wasn't her first boyfriend when we split. This was her second like boyfriend, like dude she was claiming. Serious boyfriend. This is the second boyfriend from the time we split. Not the second dude she dated. Not the second dude she was really into. This is the second boyfriend. Right? So at this point, when they met, we had probably split like four years. She she met him, and the first time she, well, she told me, like, yeah, you know, I got a guy I'm serious about. This is the second boyfriend she had. Her first boyfriend and I got along famously. Me and this dude got along very well. You know, he hung out with my kids. My kids liked him a lot. They had a lot of respect for him. I liked the dude. To this day, he will occasionally text me and just be like, yo, Clark, what's going on? How are you doing? Right? This new, this second dude, she had told me about him. She's like, yeah, you know, I'm dating him. I'm feeling him. Like, he's he's my boyfriend or whatever. I'm like, all right, cool. So... Given context for the first day I met, she had asked me to come pick up the kids, right? And I'm like, I I thought you were gonna drop them off after you guys went and you know took care of some business. She goes, No, um, that kind of fell through. We're at the pool, we're chilling. You come pick them up. Yo, can you come pick them up? So I was like, I yeah, I got you, no problem, because we're getting along at this point. I'm like, I fine. So I pull up to come get the kids, and in front of her house is the car that she kept telling me this guy has. Like she, she was like in love with his car. So his car is parked in front of the house. And, you know, it's not an everyday vehicle. So I'm like, oh, I guess the boyfriend's here. So I walk up and, you know, she comes, she sees me coming to the pool because the pool is like an outdoor pool in, in the facility she was living in. I walk up. And she sees me, she comes like out of the pool, meets me at the gate for the pool, is like, hey hun, what's going on? Gives me a hug, gives me a kiss on the cheek. The neighbors see me and they're like, hey, oh, what up? So they like they get loud when they see me and they're barbecuing. So like the, the superintendents of the place and so forth are barbecuing and like all his nieces and, and so forth are out. So they see me and they start making a big deal. Hey, what's going on? How you doing? Like, you know, young girls flirting with me. I'm like, you get out of here, you're like 20, move, right? So then I walk over and I and she introduces me to dude and I'm like, yo, what's up, man? How you doing? Yo, I'm you know, I'm my ex-husband, I'm the kid's father, good to meet you. So I said, Yo, kids, you ready to go? Let's go. She's like, oh no, you know, they're in the pool, they're having a good time, they're, they're having fun. So I said, all right, cool. Right? She said, yo, just sit down, chill, yo, here, you know. The neighbors give me a drink, so I'm sitting there and I have a drink and I'm just sitting there passing the time while the kids splash around in the pool. So I'm trying to make small talk with this dude and he's like very quiet. You know, he's like a quiet, soft-spoken dude. So I'm like, all right, cool. So finally I'm like, yo, kids, come on. You know, we've been here for a minute because to this day, if I show up to get my kids, my kids are never ready. My kids are never prepared and I got to kill at least an hour trying to get them out their mother's house, right? So... Finally get them to go. You know, I said, yo, my man, good to meet you. You know, you know good luck. And I leave. And one of the things I, I, I always say to Nina is there's truth, there's honesty, and there's tactless, right? So she comes to me after the fact, and she's like, what did you say to him? You know, like, he was so upset. He's like, why do, why do you call him hun? Why do you kiss him on the cheek when you see him? Why do your neighbors know who he is? Why are they so friendly to him? And what did he mean by good luck? So I was going to say the same thing. The good luck thing sounded a little uh, 
I don't know if I'm using the right word, contrived. No, the good luck thing was she had had a handful of drinks before I had showed up and she was having a lot of fun in the pool. And I was like, yo, good luck. I'm out. You know, and that was it. Right. So, so, but I could see you meaning it that way, but I could right. also see him taking it another way. So, and here's what I say is the other problem, right? In dealing with him, it was always his perception of a situation and always a perception where somebody was, somebody was against him, right? So she said all that and I was like, oh no, no, I didn't mean it like that. And I was like, like, listen, one of the things I, I, I try to pride myself on and I try to be mindful of it is, I know I'm sarcastic. I know I have an edge to me occasionally, but if I'm an asshole to you unintentionally, like, I apologize. I'm like, oh, shit. Like, I didn't mean it like that. I didn't mean it. Like, no, nah, I just met him. You know, I was trying to make conversation with dude. I didn't mean it like that. But if you get me to the point where I'm being an asshole, then I'm unrepentantly an asshole. I'm like, yo, fuck that dude. He deserved it. And at that point, he didn't deserve, like, me being mean to him. I was just trying to have a conversation with him. So I was like, yo, you know, my bad. I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't mean for him to take it like that. So met him that one time. David, when I tell you, I literally did not see her for six months, right? Because at that point, all of our kids were in, were in like public school. So they would arrive at my house while I was at work from school. Their mom would pick them up. She would leave, right? If I came to pick them up, she would have the, she, and during that period, she would have them ready and they would come outside. Your daddy's coming to pick you up. Be ready. So I didn't even like go in her crib. I didn't like go, like, she didn't come to my house while I was there. I literally did not see her for six months. Phone calls, no, I really no phone calls between us. Text messages, occasional text messages. I'd stop sending memes and shit because she was like, oh, yo, he doesn't like that. So I cut it out. But one day I come home from work and her car is in my driveway. So I'm like, what's her car doing here? Because she, she don't be here. I'm like, yo, something went wrong with this dude. Sure enough, she's sitting in my house. We start having a conversation about dude and her relationship and how, you know, he gets angry and then he calls things off. So in the six months that I haven't seen her, he had broken up with her, no exaggeration, 18 times. So I'm like, yo, you are breaking up on an average of three times a month. Why you keep going back? Why are you entertaining this? This is not healthy, right? So this is their situation. Their situation was dubious at best for the time that they were together. And after all that, they moved in together. And like, I still had no ill will towards dude. I'm like, yo, that's your situation. That's what you choose to be in. Go ahead. And one day I came to pick the kids up. And of course, they're not ready. And she's working on some shit for work. And she's like, hey, can you help me out with this? So I'm helping her out with the thing for work. I'm chasing kids putting shoes on. I get everybody at the house. I'm like, come on, can we go? Finally. And where I go back to the, the honesty versus the tactlessness, right? Because she would overshare shit. So she tells me, and mind you, when I walked in the house, he was there. And I go, oh, yo, what up? How you doing? And he's in the room. And he goes, hey, how you doing? Good. So I get my, I help her with the work thing. I get the kids. I get out. I leave. He turns to her after I leave and goes, yo, why take him out like 27 minutes to get the kids out of the house? How old is he? How old is he at the time? At that point, he was 20-something. Because I think he's, he was, he's about 10 years younger than her. So let's say, so, he was, let's say he's 28, 29. Right? So, then why, so why does she think then that uh, one of her said was you were still trying to fuck her? Why would she say that? So I will tell, I will tell you candidly. We didn't have those kinds of interactions. Right, because I like I wasn't around her. Like I wasn't around her, especially during those first handful of months of their relationship. Now they ended up together for like they ended up together for a couple of years, and what ended up happening is they would argue. She would argue with him. He would leave, or she would tell him to leave, and then he moved back to where uh, where he was living before. But they were still commuting to see each other. So once again. Their, their problems were their problem, right? During that time, I started seeing somebody. So it was a girl I had met like a year before, you know, having conversations, digging each other, went on, went on a couple of dates, like really hit it off, and then the shit just kind of faded and fizzled. She came back like a year later, and it was on. And I was like, oh, shit, like I'm really feeling her. Like, 
this is like girlfriend material. And I was like, okay, I'm finally ready and right to have a girlfriend. That said, you know, during that time, like Nina was like, oh shit, you got like, cause Nina had heard about her. She's like, oh, yo, that'd be great. Like, you know, she seems like a great girl, blah, blah, blah. And then when I started like, this is my girlfriend, I actually posted a picture of her on my Instagram. And I think that's when shit changed. And Nina was like, well, oh shit. Like he, he posted this bitch. This is real. And then she would start talking about, I want my family back. We should give our relationship another shot. But but that but that's not what I'm asking though. What I'm yeah. asking is that she said, while she was dating this guy, you were still trying to get some ass. No, were, were there instances? <laughs> Candid. Were, were there instances where they had gone through their breakups, and things got a little flirtier? Yes. But while they were together, and they and she was like, "Oh, we reconciled." I'm like, "All right, good." I was not out there trying to, to, to throw monkey riches at her shit. Because one of the other things that went on while she was with him is usually it was a little less stressful between us because she was worried about that shit. So you're saying that during their breakups, yeah, there was some flirting going on, but when she was with him, he was no. respectful of their relationship. Right. And, and, and I, I, I say this shit all the time because she, she will paint the picture of, oh, because you guys don't like each other. I said... I have no feelings about him. I'm ambivalent towards him. Like, I don't think about him until you mention him to me. Like, he, he is a non-entity in my world. Like I, I don't, like, I don't wish him any ill will to this day. I'm like, yo, go ahead, you know? So, so all I'm trying to say is that somebody may look at that as, okay, he's being respectful when they're together, but if they're going through something, he's going to shoot his shot, which means all along, he's really still interested. No. What it means is I'm an opportunist. And I make same no shit. That's the same shit. No. <laughs> same shit. It's, it's not because I'm not trying to fuck up your house. I'm not trying to fuck up a situation you're in. But if you show up at my house, you know, talking slick shit, I might entertain it. So, so all I'm going to say is that all I'm going to all I'm going to say is that um, if if I'm dating somebody and, you know, and I have a friend, right? And my girlfriend says, I know you like that bitch. I know you like that bitch. I know you like that bitch. And I'm like, no, nah, I'm not with you. What are you talking about? I'm with you. And then me and her break up. And then she sees me dating the other girl. And she's going to say, see, I knew all along. You really wanted that bitch. Right. And I'll tell you, you ain't going to see me and Nina dating. Like... Dating, going out, having like, sex one night, whatever. Listen, like, I always ex explain our situation as we are inextricably bound, right? We have three kids together. You know, we co-parent very well together. But our lanes are two separate lanes, right? And even with the situation, like, as she described the situation with the girl I was dating, it was, you know, her and her situation would do her texting me, me texting back, just flirting with her, whatever, and she took screenshots and sent it to the chat. And she sent it to your to to your girl. She sent it to my girl. And it was her purposely going, "Yo, my situation is shitty. I'm gonna make yours shitty." It wasn't me creating her situation. Her situation was what it was. Talk right? to us. Talk to us about right. the time she came over while the girl was there. Oh. And she was a little intoxicated. And right. she started pointing out how she designed this. She, she decorated this. She was absolutely, she was absolutely like trying to, she was trying to piss on her tree. That said, like in taking onus and ownership of my shit, right? I was very dismissive of her behavior. Like I gave her a lot of bandwidth in terms of shit she would do because that's my kid's mom. And there were a lot of situations in my life up to that point where it was just me and her against the world. So I had always given her a lot of bandwidth. I go, you know, fuck it. And in the back of my head, in, in my dysfunction and me taking the time to recognize that it was, yo, yeah, I like this girl. Yeah, this girl's my girlfriend, 
But you know what? She can come and go as she pleases. Me and Nina are going to have to watch out for each other until our kids go their way or one of us is dead. Right? And that's why I used to give her as much bandwidth as I did. And it took that relationship imploding for me to stop and go, dude, what the fuck are you doing? Like, you basically had this girl that you really, really cared about and had her in this situation where she's being exposed to this toxic shit. And I had to check myself on that. And I had to stop and, and do the deconstruction and think about why it went down in that way. Because while it was happening, I was completely dismissive of it. I'm like, nah, it's not a big deal. What are you worried about? Ah, chill, chill, chill. If now looking back on it, with all that you've heard her say, um, would you have done anything different? I would have absolutely been more respectful of the woman I was with. Um, I also say... At that time, I thought I was ready for a relationship. I thought I was ready to be with someone. Um, I own that I fucked it up. I also own that it led me to a point where I am where I am, and I'm incredibly happy with who I am. Are you going to do anything different now going forward? Absolutely. Going forward, I'm staying single. Like, it, it's so wild. Like, I, I, no, that's not different. That's not that, different. That's, You're that doing is that absolutely now. You're doing huh? that now. I'm doing that now, but that, that's a result of me going through that shit before. Have you and her talked about either one of these episodes at all? We talked about the, um, the first episode, and I was like, wow, I, like, I, like, that was an amazing episode. I told her, you know, that I told her about, like, some of the feedback that I got. Um, when I heard the, um, the bonus footage, I shot her a text. I was like, oh, yeah, David's about to release the bonus footage. And I got the facepalm emoji from her. And that's the extent of conversation we had about the bonus feature. But we talked about the, uh, the original. Are you going to have any conversation with her after this? Um, the one, actually, we had a brief, I can't even call it a conversation, because um, another podcast was like, oh, my God, I want to have both of you guys on, which I mentioned to you. So that's, like, the only thing we talked about. I think this is all stuff, like, in behind the scenes. We have had a thousand conversations about this stuff. You know, like, for as much as it seems like I realize in this episode, as I'm going through it, I, I'm going over my notes, it may seem like I may be, you know, kind of, salient on a point and go, no, 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 no. Like, this is all shit I've said to her. This is all shit we've had conversations about. Because you got to think about it. We have a body of 20 years of interaction and 10 years of that living apart. Okay. All right. Uh, so, <laughs> I know now that... Uh, What's good for the goose is good for the gander, right? Right. And uh, you would love to reach out to my son's mother and have some <laughs> of these same conversations. Yeah, I, I, you know, I would absolutely love to have a candid conversation with her if she is willing to have a, have a candid conversation. My understanding was that she was pretty resistant to coming on the show. So I had a conversation with somebody about that, right? Right. And they said, David, it's pretty easy for you to go and have a conversation with uh, his co-parent when you know that your co-parent is not going to come on. Um, and uh, uh, I'm not sure I agree with that, meaning I don't agree that it's easy for me to have that conversation with her because I know my co-parent is not going to come on. Um, I would love for my co-parent to have a conversation with you and then and 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 hear her perspective. I would really love to hear her perspective. As always, if you like this episode, um, go write, review, subscribe. Um, we are on iTunes. We are on uh, well iTunes and Apple Podcasts is the same thing. Um, we're on TuneIn. We're on Google Play and a bunch of other podcast platforms. 
single dad, why you mad? And real quick, I promise these dudes, shout out to the Yukon McNair scholars. Thank you for having me on with you guys earlier today. Black Lives Matter. Okie dokie. Single dad, why you mad? Single dad, why you mad? Single dad, why are you mad? Single dad, why 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 you mad?